0: What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TMNBaseballFan.com. I actually went on to uh, blowout forums the other day, and somebody posted an interesting question I thought would be fun to kind of uh, talk about and talk through with you. But uh, somebody wrote and they asked, what is your favorite or the best decade for baseball cards? And so we've got like over 10 decades of uh, baseball card Collecting to really uh, go through and discuss, and it's uh, I think it'll be great fun. Um, talk about the pluses and minuses, and uh, uh, see kind of you know maybe together come to come together and see what we think is the the best uh, definitive decade. I have a feeling that probably for me at least, it's going to be a matter of. Uh, I talked about in a podcast before uh, when trying to figure out like what the ultimate PC is for my favorite player, ultimate uh, PC card is for my player and I I came to the conclusion that nothing, uh, that doesn't exist. There isn't a single card that exists. So I don't know if there's necessarily a single decade that exists that's uh, the best, but let's go through them. After I talk it out with you, maybe just maybe I'll change my mind, change my tune. So uh, basically the way that our hobby starts, now, first of all, you'll have some CDVs, some cabinet cards, some trade cards that were created uh, in uh, the 1860s and 1870s. But what we're talking about here is we'll start with the 1880s because that's when uh, the baseball card boom really started. Uh, you have uh, cards that were created from uh, uh, for Old Judge, um, Gypsy Queen, Alan and Ginter, Goodwin, Kalamazoo Bats, uh, Four Base Hits. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. There's a Buckner Gold Coin, I think there was. There's some others that had no names on them, and there's others that are escaping me right now that are you know just you know stupid rare so <laughs> there there is a lot of them and, and there's a reason for it because the the general public in America in the 1880s were absolutely wild about baseball cards they loved them some baseball cards and this is also around the time of the uh, color lithograph explosion and uh, I talked about this in my last podcast briefly where the 1880s kind of opened up an amazing time for art in America. And people were uh, selling, or I'm sorry, people were collecting trade cards. Um, And we're talking about, you know, things that like people were selling tonics or, you know, mayonnaise or whatever, or uh, anything. Like any product or service could be uh, found uh, by various companies that were selling these these pieces, and to advertise, they would they create something that's called trade cards, and a lot of times they would utilize color color lithography uh, to uh, create these beautiful full color advertisement pieces that were die cut sometimes, sometimes not, and it's kind of funny, but to think about now. But people were wild about collecting these things, and they would collect them and they would glue them in their uh, little scrapbooks and it would be a collection for them. So, you know, think about doing that now. I mean, we're inundated with these types of advertisements all the time. In fact, we get them every day in the mail and the vast majority of them, uh, you know, most, if not all, most of the time is all uh, go directly to the recycle bin. You know, we don't care about anymore. We're just uh, oversaturated with them and and all of this so uh it's kind of funny how how times changed but anyways people loved it back then and people loved baseball so it's just like this perfect intersection and the baseball card boom was created and so uh of course what happened and i've talked about this before um i think it was 1889 or 1890, if I recall correctly, um, is when the uh, American Tobacco Company was formed because I think the government broke up the monopoly or something. No, 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 that's down the road. So anyways, the American Tobacco Company was formed, and uh, I think all of these companies uh, that were creating baseball cards and putting them in their products uh, for cigarettes or whatever at least uh, they didn't have to uh, advertise anymore, so uh, which was kind of a, a good thing for for everybody because a lot of people back then that were that were creating the cigarettes they said, man, the the most expensive thing for us was not creating the cigarettes or packaging or anything; it's the actual baseball cards that we're just you know throwing them in as uh, little freebie enticements. Um, so uh so once that happened uh once all the uh tobacco companies were formed into under one umbrella there's really no need to advertise so they stopped making those cards so uh what happened was basically card collecting pretty much ceased to exist until the government broke up the american tobacco company uh that was formed uh you know around 1909 1910. so there were uh, some cards that were still made during this uh, during this hiatus of uh, of you know card making, uh, like Mayo's Cut Plug. that was in 1895, and 1893 was Just So Tobacco. Uh, that's another one, which you know Just So was like wildly rare. Like you, if you find a, a Cy Young 1893 Just So Tobacco, you are Probably a very very wealthy person, but um, anyway. So, you know, like I said, there and there's like a 1903. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, Bryson Williams, something like that. I don't call. I don't recall exact yeah, the exact name. But in any event, the vast majority of card production just stopped. So you had a good run of about three years, where the majority of the project, production took place. Um, and i think some old judge card uh cigarettes still had uh cards in them in 1890 if i remember correctly um but for the most part 1887 1888 1889 uh were the the big years for baseball cards and let me tell you like they were highly impactful like i said america was wild about baseball card collecting then and they featured the heroes of the day we're talking about king kelly Cap Anson, John Ward, Roger Connor, Dan Bruthers, uh, Timothy Keith, Old Haas Radburn. I mean, there's so many. There's like a treasure trove of fascinating players that just were dominating, uh, that were captivating. And the average collector today or fan just has no clue. So kind of that's part of the allure to me. Um, is uh, is that a lot of people don't know uh, these players or the history back then and the stories behind them and the formation of this game and that's probably part of why I love uh, you know the 19th century baseball uh, cards is because of the history behind them and what they did like how they all uh, is really the beginning of our hobby you know and uh, so I would put, I would rank the 1880s very, very, very high. Um, I love them. You know I love them. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know I'm just like a big fan of them. So 1880s, A-OK, my book. I love them. 1890s, like I said, we have 1893 Just so, Tobacco and 1895 Mayo's Cut Plug. Uh, great cards. Uh, just So Tobacco, you probably will... there's probably other 1890s issues in there that i'm not thinking of but those are the two that are coming to my mind Uh, you probably will never see one of those in your life (laughs) and uh when it comes to the cut plugs yeah they're around you can find them on ebay and everything um they're uh, in their decent cards you know they're nice um you know but there's really not a whole lot to choose from when it comes to other cards from the 1890s so 1890s probably not going to make the top of my my list or anybody's list of decades for card making. And the same possibly might go for the 1900s, except that uh, 1909 is really when you start seeing uh, you know more candy companies come in. And creating some cards, and they've got some really neat cards. There is a lot of, like, if you don't know about the the candy cards from the late 1900s to early 1910s, look, look, them look at them, uh, look them up. They are the same size as the t 206 white borders, uh, so they resemble the t 206 white borders in many ways, but they might be. But they'll have like fairly wildly different artwork. Like uh there's a couple of them for uh Christy Matthewson, for instance, where uh and a lot of times by the way the artwork isn't gonna be as nice as the t sixes. but uh there'll be a lot of them that are uh wildly colorful. There's a multicolored Honest Wagner out there, and it's not really my favorite card of him because of the uh depiction of him uh doesn't really seem to match too terribly much, but it's still a beautiful card that you know is adored by many 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 people and reasonably so uh but like there's Christy matthewson that's in a wind up and he's got multiple colors which is you know it's just an incredible card i think that's a 1909 um there's uh i think the e90-1 i believe is a Shoeless Joe Jackson rookie that might be a 1910, but it might be 1909. Uh, there's also, an, I think it's an E98 if I remember correctly, of uh, Ty Cobb. It's either 1908, 1909. That's considered by many to be his rookie card. Um, so there's definitely some punch uh, with the end of, of those years. And there's also, like I said, the 19 or 1903. I think it's 1903, Bryce, Bryce Williams or something. They've got some uh, extremely rare cards there. Um, they're really neat. Um, but that's really kind of about it because, again, the government didn't come in to break up the American Tobacco Company, which, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with, it, with the candy companies, but, uh, but, you know, no tobacco products really, for the most part, were, uh, you know we're actually picking up anything as far as uh, as far as cards or anything like that so uh 1900s uh i w- yeah i would probably put that in the same realm as the 1890s not a whole lot going on maybe but there's a lot more going on in 1909 uh, and really some could even uh, argue that the t206 started in 1909 So. If, that's the case the game over the 1900s are going to be uh one of the best uh one of the best decades uh but generally speaking i like to uh, say that a lot of these white borders are the t206s start in 1910 um but you know like i said there's probably some that were in 1909 and maybe that's the actual uh you know maybe there was a lot of activity for the t 206 for 1909 uh but i do know that they ran through if i recall correctly 1911 um because they they ran those cards uh for a few years there um so going into the 1910s you have a lot of interesting things going on you've got uh, turkey reds you've got the t205s oh yeah back in 1900s by the way you have the t204s where you've got the ramley's uh that's where the walter johnson rookie is by the way so that also (laughs) to me gives the 1900s a little more juice Um, so, so yeah, okay, let's, let's, let's go back and reiterate this 1900s here. If we've got, if we're dealing in some 1909 T206s and some Ramleys, then yeah, that's a, that's a pretty stout, (laughs) pretty stout, uh, decade for card collecting, even though a lot of those years didn't really have anything to speak of at all. Um, because we are used to cards every single year. 1890s, 1900s didn't really have that. So, uh, going back to the 1910s, we have the T205 gold borders. We have T207s. Eh, Not really a big fan of T207s myself. Um, T206s, as uh, as you all know. Uh, We have uh, another. We have a number of um, uh, candy companies that that uh, sent out or that created uh, cards as well, um, which were great. And we have another monster, Cracker Jack. Cracker Jacks were uh, created in 1914 and 1915. Uh, The difference between the two is the backs of the 1915s were printed upside down. Uh, And the reason why is because they wanted you to apparently glue these in their albums so you could flip the card up and you could read uh, the the little biography or whatever was on the back. So massive sets there and Cracker Jacks. And, uh, you know, so like I said, the T206, anytime you can have like the t sixes and the Cracker Jacks, I mean, these are two of the top five, I'd say most iconic sets ever. Uh, maybe two of the, two of the three or four top, actually uh, most iconic sets ever in one decade. I mean, you've got a winner of a decade there. 19. And of course, you know, you have, uh, in the 1910s, you've got, uh, some caramel cards that include Babe Ruth cards that some people would, suge- uh, say there is rookie. Um, there's also the Baltimore news 1914 Babe Ruth rookie, uh, which is a <laughs> massive deal. If there's a high grade one that's ever sur- that ever surfaces, it might, uh, set records. Um, you know, so, uh, then, uh, just have many, many, many incredible cards. You also have uh, strip cards that started. I've talked about W514s. Um, I just sold a set of them uh, recently and, you know, incredible set. Um, That was uh, in... I think the general consensus is that they were created in 1919 or 1920, but I think that they... I think they were probably released in 1920, but maybe uh, they... The the creation of them was in 1919. That's what I would think anyways, that's my guess. So the decade um, of the 1910s is pretty incredible. Uh, You've got a lot of stuff going on. Now, let's look at, for instance, the 1920s. 1920s is probably uh, the decade that I know the least about, and therefore is the decade that, i'm not as big a fan of as you know compared to all the other uh, the other decades um the vast majority of the cards from this uh time period and you know don't get me wrong you've got incredible players you have babe ruth in his heyday um you have lou gehrig as well like you know murders were from the 27 yankees i mean <laughs> you know i mean it's it's an incredible uh decade for you know baseball but especially yankees fans i guess you could say um and uh, you know you have Rogers Hornsby. I mean, there's a lot of players in there that are that are uh, standouts. And I want to say they're probably all overshadowed, of course, by the babe. But a lot of the cards are just very drab. They're very black and white and you know nothing like I don't know if there's many, if any, that come out of the 20s where you're like, oh, it's a beautiful card, It's a work of art. you know, you could say that several times for cards in the 1880s. In uh, the 1910s, you know for sure. So 20s, uh, you know, there's not really a whole lot going on there <laughs> that I know about, at least. And, and certainly there are some cars that are heavy, heavy hitters from that time period, but uh, you know, not not a whole lot of stands. Like you can't say there's a T206 or a Cracker Jack that was created in the 20s that, that had that that kind of weight. So moving to the 30s. Um, this is where things get, uh, a little more interesting because you have more color cards, like, uh, one of the top most iconic sets ever, 1933 Gaudi, um, and 1934 Gaudi also actually. Um, and also by the way, 1938 Gaudi heads up. I mean, there's just a a lot of cool things going on. Uh, the most iconic card, uh, of... The number one baseball player ever, Babe Ruth, was in 1933 Gowdy. Um, the most iconic Lou Gehrig uh, was in 1934 Gowdy. And we've got like a, I think it's 1933 DeLong, has some incredible cards. Uh, 1932 U.S. Caramel is another good one. Um, and then, of course, you have 1939 Play Ball. You've got like the The, uh, you know, well, for 38 Gowdy, for instance, you also have, uh, I think, rookies of DiMaggio and Bob Feller. I don't know if there's any other rookies in there to to speak of, but, you know, just an incredible fun set. I love the DiMaggio. Like, I I might want to get one of those again. Uh, I love the DiMaggio in that set. 1939, you have Play Ball. It looks more like a, a Bowman. Uh, late 40s Bowman set because it's just basically a black and white photograph. Um, the one main guy, as far as rookies go, uh, is one of the best players ever, um, Ted Williams. He actually, I think he lost about five years due to service in the military. Um, who knows how many home runs and hits and everything he would have had if he didn't... Um, you know, if, if he uh, didn't serve. I mean, it was just uh, that guy was a mind-boggling uh, baseball player. He is an incredible hitter and just, like, real thin, too. Like, you look at pictures. And it's really funny. Like, it's just a, he's just, like, a tiny guy. Um, I mean, he might have been, you know, over six foot or something. I don't know. But, like, just very skinny. Um, but one of the greatest hitters of all time. Like, I would say easily a top-five baseball player. Um, but uh, yeah just uh, just fantastic fantastic player so the 30s have a lot to offer uh, for sure and especially because you have beautiful colored uh, cards introduced back in uh, to the collecting realm in 33 and 34 Gaudi you also have I think like 35 Gaudi 4 and 1s or something I never really got into those but 33 Gaudi 34 Gaudi those are those are my favorites for sure. Um, they are, you know, some of the nicest sets ever. Um, the 1940s, uh, probably not too terribly much going on. There's a 40, uh, initially at least, um, there's a, uh, 40 and 41 play ball. I think 41 play ball is a pretty iconic set. You have, uh, cards of like Sheila show Jackson, for instance, that's in that set. Um, which is really nice um, but you know, of course he uh, You know hadn't played for a couple decades at this point, but still uh, You know when you think of uh, Cards back in like the 40s, it's still like that's <laughs> like 80 years old now at this point, so Really really kind of cool uh, You have to jump up. I think if I remember correctly Bowman might have bought out play ball Something like that i don't remember there's something that happened there i don't i just don't recall offhand but anyway so bowman uh comes in creates cards in 48 and 49 and so uh 48 has uh, uh 48 bowman from why recall has a stan Musial rookie um might be a yogi bear rookie in there and uh probably some other guys uh 49 bowman i think we've got Rookies of Jackie Robinson and Satchel Paige. Um, try to think if there's anything else to note. I'm sure there is. I'm missing a lot, no doubt. So 40s is is a stout uh, decade, um, but there's a lot of years like you don't hear anything of like cards from like 1942, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47. You know, <laughs> so so in that respect, it's kind of almost like the The decade of the 90s um, as well as the 1900s, you know, so which is kind of interesting. I didn't think uh, and think about that until until really kind of talking it out right now. So the 50s, I think a lot of people would agree that that's kind of like the uh, golden age or people will say that's the golden age of uh, baseball, maybe uh, baseball card collecting, perhaps because. You have the introduction of tops, um, and you've got the big daddy. This is like one of the top three or four sets ever made, 1952, um, and obviously the Mickey Mantle is like the second most popular card, uh, you know, ever, uh, just behind the Tito Sixon Wagner. And as the story goes um <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of fun stories behind all this but uh but you know apparently they kept releasing tops kept releasing series different series and by the time the series was released that mickey Mantle was in i believe like football season was in full swing so people's collectors attention went somewhere else and <laughs> uh i think it was uh can't remember the guy's name it's been driving me nuts now uh, <laughs> <laughs> to try to think of of the name but anyway in any any event he uh, uh, took these cards uh, over the next decade or something to like uh, I think maybe the World Trade Fair or something and was trying to sell the 1952 tops cards like uh, like 10 for a penny or something and he didn't get many takers we're talking about 1952 tops here so as the story goes the way that happened is that Tops had this warehouse full of these cases of cards from 1952 Tops. So, they ended up dumping them in the Atlantic Ocean. (laughs) And uh, I think a lot of that, uh, a lot of the value of these comes not just from the rarity uh, that happened due to the fact that a lot of them were destroyed, but also the story and the mystique behind them. Uh, Fabulous story. So, You know, before we even kind of go beyond 1952 Tops, let's go back. 1951 Bowman has two of the most iconic rookies ever. 1951 Bowman, Mickey Mantle, and Willie Mays. And Willie Mays is on many people's uh, 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 list as the second best player ever to play the game. And I'm sure there's a few out there that say that he's the best that's ever to play. Um, uh, I wouldn't say that myself, but, you know, fabulous player. Uh, so I, I don't think you can necessarily argue with somebody if they want to put him as number two uh, or number three, you know. So just a, an incredible player. So you also have, um, going forward, not to mention, like, I mean, incredibly beautiful artwork in 51 bowman 52 bowman 53 bowman has fabulous fabulous photography um and the photography that i'm thinking of is like the the Wee reese the warren spawn the sam usual all ridiculously beautiful cards um 53 tops has incredible artwork as well um Jackie Robinson, uh, and Satchel Page, Mickey Mantle. Uh, those are probably my three favorites uh, in terms of looks for sure. Uh, but there's just a lot of them. They're just really, really gorgeous cards in that set. Um, it's an incredible set. Uh, so going forward, we also have, uh, let's see, 54 Topsy Ford Bowman, uh, 55 tops has rookies of uh, Roberto Clemente and Sandy Koufax. 55 Bowman was the last year for Bowman until you know 35 years, 34 years, whatever it was later when 89 Bowman was uh, brought back up, but uh, ultimately top spot Bowman uh, in the 50s, and so it's that kind of iconic sideways television, uh, you know, kind of design. Um, so. 56 tops nice design I don't recall the main guys in there Um, but 57 tops is when we started to have the actual standardized two and a half by three and a half inches in baseball cards and I love 57 tops I just adore that set like uh, it's all photography Um, and I think they have some great cards there's uh, I think if, if I remember correctly Again, going off of memory, for 57 tops, I think there's a Don Drysdale rookie, a Brooks Robinson rookie, um, is Frank Robinson's rookie in there? i trying to think if there's anybody else. Um, nobody else that comes to mind, but, uh, but yeah, just an incredible set. Like I would, one day, maybe I'll try to put that together. Um, so 58 tops, uh. 58 tops, I kind of, <laughs> I've got a uh, um, uh, little bit of uh, nostalgia for because I, when I was 12 years old, I saved up to get a 58 tops Mickey Mantle all-star uh, card. It's a triple print and it was uh, very affordable um, and they're nice looking cards. Um, I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head what, what the uh, star rookies are of that year, um, but Uh, For 59 tops, I know that uh, at the very least, uh, Bob Gibson's rookies in there. So, you know, that's a win. I mean, he's like one of the best pitchers ever. So, uh, yeah, so the 50s, I mean, (laughs) you got to put that at the top, you got to think. 60, uh, 1960s, I'm probably not like a hugely massive fan of the 60s cars. You do have Pete Rose. Uh, you got Pete Rose rookie there 63 tops, you got Nolan Ryan uh, 68 tops, all kinds of others in there as well I mean you've got Tom Seaver and Reggie Jackson uh, over the varying years Um, trying to think what else Carly uh, Oh, who else Hmm. the 50s oh my gosh I forgot about the 50s and 54 tops, you got Hank Aaron and uh, Ernie Banks um so that was a big mess up by, by me on my behalf, so I apologize for that. <laughs> um and by the way I'm probably missing some. I think uh Harmony Kilbrew was probably somewhere uh mid-50s, if I remember correctly as well, for his rookie. And yeah, I'm <laughs> I think I'm the more I'm going into this the more I'm thinking I'm just butchering this, but so I'm just kinda of picking and choosing what's in my head, I guess uh but anyways going back up to the 60s uh let me see if there's anybody else i'm missing uh that you know that comes up to my mind uh 65 there's a real iconic 66 tops card of willie mays he's number one in the set i think i've always loved that card uh let's see here Uh, everybody thinks that the wood grain by the way for tops is uh uh first in 1987 but no it's not it was actually 1962 they had a darker wood grain so uh you know uh, a7 tops might have been a way for them to pay tribute to the set that they created 25 years prior um but uh let's see and by the way i think gaylord perry's rookie might be in there um what else what else what else six nine there's giant bench Uh, I think Johnny Bench is in the 68 tops uh, but probably like the 69 tops of Johnny Bench better because he's got the rookie trophy it's a rookie cup card Um, let's see what else here I think that's probably oh mid 60s maybe there's a Joe Morgan rookie Uh, yeah those are the ones that, that pop out to me so 60s is a decent decade not my favorite uh next one in the 70s is probably uh probably my least favorite decade for baseball cards if I'm being honest. We had some we had some firepower. You had like uh you know rookies of Ozzy Smith and Dave Winfield and Dennis Eckersley and Mike Schmidt and Carlton Fisk and Gary Carter and George Brett and Robin Yount and uh you know so so like there was definitely some firepower in the decade, but it you know, just never really hit me as exciting really. Um the standout set for me probably would be that's a toughie because I love 71 tops. I think there's a Steve Garvey rookie in there. Um obviously early Nolan Ryan and uh you know but I, I like 71 tops. I think that might 71 tops and 75 tops might possibly be my two favorite sets of the of the decade which i probably should have been saying this all along what my favorite uh, sets were from each decade but in any event um we'll move into the 80s the 80s i think probably has uh uh a lot to do with uh a rush of collectors coming in, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, I don't know, um, a lot of credit that the '80s should get because of this. Um, there's a lot. Obviously, we have the junk wax era, but man, there's like so much firepower, like as far as uh, rookies go. And uh, I mean, <laughs> you can go for Ricky Henderson. Cal Ripken Jr., Ryan Sandberg, Tony Gwynn, Wade Boggs, Don Mattingly, Daryl Strawberry, uh, Roger Clemens, Kirby Puckett, Dwight Gooden, uh, Canseco, McGuire, Bo Jackson, Will Clark, Barry Bonds, uh, Greg uh, (laughs) Maddox, Ken Griffey Jr., obviously, Roberto Alomar. Like, you have, like, so, so, so many incredible rookies. And so... The 80s in spite of the fact that they were mired with a production problem where uh millions and millions of many of these cards were made uh the 80s would be one of my favorite uh one of my favorite uh decades for baseball cards 90s on the other hand is not a nostalgia uh you know level for me uh because i was out of collecting for the most part 92 and 93 uh, but coming back and finding out that this is the genesis of uh of super rare parallels incredible competition between card companies and they they were just going at it guys like they were they created the coolest cards ever the coolest inserts the coolest parallels uh the first time they created like super rare cards like the 90s or the uh, is the birth of the one of one and just like all kinds of incredible stuff. Uh, innovation uh, was at an all-time high. And sorry, there's a pretty loud truck that drove by there. <laughs> but uh, anyways, innovation absolutely at an all-time high. Uh, 90s might be tied. might be a four-way tie for me for my favorite decade for cards ever. 2000s is when we really kind of got hot and heavy into game use stuff and the patches. Um, I'm a big patch guy, I love patches. Um, So 2000s are big for me as well. Um, But unfortunately, um, at the end of the decade is when people started not having their licenses anymore. So uh, that leads us into the 2010s where uh, tops is really kind of the only game in town for most part, as far as uh, licensed cards go. And, you know, consistently they bring out high quality, top-notch stuff, but the competitive edge is not there. Um, And it can't be there without competition, but they're doing as good as they can, given the fact that they're the only one in the field. And uh, they have wild cards that come out every year now, bat barrels, bat knobs, laundry tags, all this stuff. Um, incredible stuff incredible stuff so it's fun to it's fun to collect that decade as well uh, and you know that kind of brings us to 2020 which can't really say anything yet because we only have uh, you know really two years to base everything off of so, so that's kind of it so as a recap I'm going to say that probably my favorites are going to be the 1880s the 1910s the 1980s, 90s, and 2000s, which is kind of funny. (laughs) I guess I probably said about half of them. So uh, that's a wide array, and they're all for different reasons. But man, I love each of those decades so much. There's some that I don't love too terribly much. You know, 1920s, 1970s are the two main ones that kind of stick out for me that I'm not really a massive fan of. Um, But... that's okay they've got some great cards in those decades anyways but just not as a whole not they don't really excite me like crazy so anyways uh that is my list and a nice little rundown i guess of uh uh, cards by decade and uh, yeah if you have any other thoughts to add please feel free to let me know thank you all for listening